The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. And not only is it another episode, it's the last episode of 2021. It has been a heck of a year. We went to initially launched this podcast actually in March, had a huge little bit of a screw up and it didn't actually launch till the last weekend of May. And we didn't know what to expect, but that first episode was nuts with Dean. It actually caught all the headlines, people, ET, on and on and on. And it has been a wild ride since. We've had highs, we've had lows, but it's been just a crazy 2021. And I did a Jason Tells All episode. And I'm going to be honest with you, the feedback wasn't great. People were saying I was too vague. I beat around the bush. I didn't give enough information. I'm expecting people to come on and tell me exactly their dollar amounts. And I'm not giving any dollar amounts. So what we figured is we would give this another try. We would recap 2021 as we're trying to break this taboo about talking about money. You listening right here should be comfortable talking about money, good and bad. David is comfortable talking about his money situation, good and bad. And I need to continue to get better at it. But as we talk about these things, we all have more information to put ourselves in a better situation. And that's the purpose of today. So I'm bringing your fan favorite in, the curious Canadian, the voice of the viewer to take in the hosting position. And he will fire away anything and everything. Probably the only thing I asked David not to touch on was specific brands. The reason is... Now, I'll talk about how much I made on campaigns and how much I made off social media, should David ask me. But there are contractual obligations that I cannot speak a lot about confidential information as it relates to a contract with a specific brand or agency. So if I were to do that, I would be violating a lot of contracts that I'm currently in. And I don't want to mess that up or have more lawsuits my way because of this pod, because those wouldn't be the first. So without further ado, let's turn this over to David. And you know what? I'm going to say it right now. Let's ring in the bell to the last episode of 2021 to the host of this episode, the voice of the viewer, the curious Canadian, David Ardoin Shaka. I kind of want to do the ding, 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 ding. I've always wanted to do that. So there we go. The gloves are about to come off. Uh, Really good feedback, really good reflection on the first time we did this. So people listening at home, I promise you, you're going to get the numbers. You're going to get the juicy details. I already had Jason come on five minutes before we started and this goes, I just hate this so much. He's already squirming <laughs> in his seat. He's already, palms are already sweating. It's amazing. So I kind of want to start it off with one question. Okay. How are you defining the success of this podcast? Do you think looking back on the year that it has been a success? And if so, how are you defining that success? So it has exceeded all my expectations, but the success to me is not just the money that's been made off the podcast, which has been okay. The success to me has been 
we've made a ton of impact. The amount of messages we're getting about feedback that people are inspired by what we're talking about. They've changed the direction. They've improved their financial situation has been amazing. The other thing that I want to encourage anyone out there to do is when you have a podcast like this, forget about the money, the networking, the relate. I'm getting to sit down with some of these people, David, and so are you for an hour and a half that never in my wildest days I ever imagined I'd be able to talk to. And I'll tell you this, I have done a lot of business, probably more business than I've made in this podcast with people I've been able to sit down with over the course of the last six months. So it's been a success in every which way. Uh, and it's been exciting. And you know what the numbers like we have great episodes and we have episodes that don't do well. So we have highs and lows. Like, you know, I think we have, you know, one episode that's exceeded over a hundred thousand downloads and another that's at like, you know, it's a newer episode, but it's at like 15,000 downloads. So the, the extremities are crazy and that's tough. I think what we try to do is just put out the best content, bring in the best guests and just get the best information out there that other people aren't doing. Thousand percent. Couldn't agree more. I think the organic approach to to what we're doing and how we're doing this has really resonated with a lot of people and our guests, a lot of guests. How many people have you had come on that say, Jason, I'm so thankful for what you're doing and, and the message of your podcast? I think it's been great. So I just want to start off by by saying that now, in true voice of the viewer fashion, we put up a little uh Instagram live asking for questions for this episode. Yeah. And we had some some viewers send in some questions. So we're gonna get to the juice later. I have to give the vo- the viewers at home their spotlight. So I'm going to hit you with a little bit of rapid fire to start this off. We're starting with rapid fire. We're going to get quick rapid fire as the voice of the viewer needs to get the viewers uh, um, questions out there to you. So, you know, I don't know how any of these are going to make you squirm. Actually, I know the first one will definitely mm-hmm. make you squirm. Okay. Um, but these are just a, a variety of questions coming from our viewers. Are you ready? I love, this is a pod, like I've never seen this on a podcast that we're starting with rapid fire, but it seems like the most voice of the viewer thing ever to do so. So I feel like I'm not ready, but fire away. Let's go. All right, here we go. The first and the best question, I think coming from Randy, Jason, what's your wedding budget? Randy. Oh, Randy. Well, if you ask Caitlin, you can already hear that. You can already hear the silence. Yes. Caitlin, you ask me, uh, you're going to get different answers. The funny thing is no joke. Pino's below me right now. And he just sighed when you asked that question, I would say <laughs> let's it's rapid fire. So I'm going to say that, um, I think it'll be at least 200, 250 K, uh, side question. Yeah. Are you going to be leveraging your and Caitlin's brands for sponsored ad post deals, et cetera? I would love to do that. <laughs> Caitlin, yes. Caitlin, not as much. I would love to do that in the right fashion though, right? I want to do it the right way. Uh, it's got to be organic. But I think like it, this wedding based on what we're mapping out is going to be at least at least 2250 probably potentially more. But with the help of sponsorship, you can get a lot of that covered. And I know a lot of people in Bachelor Nation who have had uh, weddings at like at the 500K mark where well more than half of it was uh, taken care of through sponsorships well more. So just to give an idea. And it's not going to be a televised, correct? It is not going to be televised in any which way. I think what we'll do if we do anything as it relates to like uh, marketing and media in that fashion is probably we'll do some brand deals, uh, right? Some deals like with companies that align with what we believe in that will be at the wedding that we want there, uh, that we believe in the quality and credibility, just like everything else. And I think we'll have an exclusivity likely with like a, um, you know, one of the major media outlets that covers pop culture stuff. Love it. Do we have a date? 
Do we have a location? Do we we have don't anything? have a date. The location we're thinking is Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, but I will say we've kind of gone like a little bit back and forth with that lately. Um, but I think as far as a date, our idea was fall of next year with Caitlin going back on tour with Dancing with the Stars and stuff. You know, we just have two people. I feel like a lot of couples, like one person like takes the bull by the horns and gets it done. And we've just been spread so thin. We haven't done that. I feel like when she gets back from tour, we'll go full speed. And realistically at this point, it seems like based on venue selection, it would probably be a more of a winter or early 2023, but I guess we'll see. I'm, you know, we, we have discussed just potentially eloping and throwing a party at one point. So time will tell. I'll make sure you have my updated address for that elopement party. Um, (laughs) Let's move on to Shyler. Shyler's coming in hot saying, how much has your podcast made from ads? Podcast made from ads is around 150K gross. So it's been six months. We've done about 150K in gross ads. Uh, A thousand per month goes to the podcast network. And then of that, we get once that is, uh, that's an admin fee. One is once that is subtracted from the gross amount, we will take home uh, 70% of what is left. 70% of 144,000, if I'm correct. No. So if you have 150,000, technically, even though we didn't launch till May, we still did get the charge the $1,000 fee. I believe it was in March. So it's actually Mm. March or February. So it's around 10,000 coming out. So 150K ish, you know, uh, minus 10. So it's 140. And then we would get 70% of that. One thing, you know, the annual renewal is coming up. And before we had this podcast, it was just an idea. How can I have a business podcast and not negotiate? This idea has turned into something real. Uh, Is it the biggest and best podcast out there? No, but it's doing pretty good. So we'll definitely renegotiate terms. And once we do, of course, we'll bring that information to the pod, to the viewers. Uh, So hopefully, uh, maybe you can learn from how we negotiated and what it looks like after. We'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. Okay. Um, Overall, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways in terms of overall ad revenue, more equal or less than you thought? It's actually more than I thought. Monetizing podcasts in general right now is really hard because of how saturated this market is. There are so many podcasts out there. So I did not expect to be actually bringing in any ad revenue till at least three months. Interesting thing about podcasts is it usually takes about 90 days from when the podcast launches to get an accurate reflection of what the true downloads are for that episode. So if you think about it, we technically only have about three months of podcasts in which we have a true identification for what that download number is. So I was feeling like at the at the absolute minimum, it would take 90 days. And I think we got our first ad deal within the 90 days. In the last, uh, the last couple months have been really, really great. So Dear Media, they picked it up big time. Let's go, Dear Media. Uh, coming in from Kim, how much, if anything, have you invested in NFTs? NFTs. I own, I think I own about six NFTs. A couple were gifted. A couple I bought. I'll be honest, the money I've made on NFTs isn't from purchasing them. It's from running the marketing of them. I know a lot of people that have decent followings on Twitter and Instagram. And so I've had some NFT creators come to me and ask me to put together a plan to help get these NFTs to market. Um, so I've been able to do that. And through that, I've probably made a total of like six ETH. So six ETH is equivalent to, I don't know, what is, an ETH right now is around 4K. So about 25K. 24,000. Yeah. 
Uh, Shira, what is the most surprising fact you have learned from any one of your guests? Most surprising fact. Okay, there are so many. Uh, this is rapid fire. So I'm just going to say the first thing that came to my head is definitely Rob Deerdick in the happiness scale. The fact that Rob Deerdick every single day will put in uh, certain inputs to his life on an Excel file, like how happy he is, how connected he is with his wife. Did he work out that day? Did he eat well that day? Did he uh, drink that day? So that he can measure what is impacting his overall happiness and connection to his family is mind blowing to me. The fact that he takes his itinerary every day and sends it to his wife and she has to give a rating back to him to the 10th decimal, like a 5.4 or 7.9 of how connected he feels is like one of the wildest things I've ever heard. And it's doing the most unbelievable things for him as he tries to drive happiness. So that is a podcast that I'll never as long as I'm alive forget. And it always brings me back to this question that I ask all the listeners, you listening, are you happy? And who in your life do you consider the happiest people? And when you look at those people, it's fascinating because they probably don't have the financial or professional profile that you would think defines happiness. At least that's what I've found when I do that work with myself and my community and my friends. Yeah, I think that Rob Deerdeck episode was one of the... There's probably five episodes where at the end of listening to it, I was just like, what just happened there? That well, was the What wildest. were a couple other ones? I know this is rapid fire. I don't want to get off topic too bad, but like, what were some of the other ones for you? Uh, Rob Deerdeck, Gary V, uh, Joe Galliaze, Titus O'Neill... Those were probably the four that stuck out to me the most and just like, just what just happened. I wasn't expecting that. And that was incredible. Yeah. Kevin O'Leary too. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Kevin O'Leary, the boss man. Uh, Ryan Serhant's $150 million sale. Like that was crazy. Okay. We can do this forever. So let's keep her going. All right. This is an interesting one. I never really thought about this for you. Uh, it's coming from Juge. Uh, how much does your healthcare benefits cost since you work for yourself? It's a great, okay. That's a great question. Juge. I like that name. Um, great question because that's one of the things that actually like scared the shit out of me about leaving corporate America to start my own thing. I'm like, Oh my God, benefits are going to cost so much. You know, <laughs> I'm very like, I'm a knock on wood, I'm healthy, please. I'm not on wood again, 33 year old. So I haven't really had that many, um, health issues. And so I have a high deductible plan and it's more of a, you know, outlying type plan. Like if something material happens to me, I'm really covered. Uh, but for little small things, my deductible is higher. I think it's 250 bucks ish a month, 250 okay. bucks ish. It's not so like, it's not this amount that you're just like blown away by. Right. I think I've added a couple things. Maybe it's like up to the 300, but I could tell you this there's never been a month since I've worked for myself in which I've spent over $300 on healthcare. And I would say the minimum, like when I first got out and I like really had probably a little bit of a shittier plan, was being a little more conservative with dollars, was more in the like 125, 150 ish range a month. And you and KB on same benefits, shared benefits, or no, not yet? No, we, there is nothing that KB and I financially have together. Nothing. So we don't have a bank account together. We don't have a credit card together. We don't have anything whatsoever, benefits together. Everything that we have is completely separate from one another. That is going to be a wild scenario for you as you go through the green card process of, as I have gone through twice now yeah. uh, for my perm, they, they request everything that you have in a shared name together. So you're going to, you're going to have some, 
some explaining to do, Jason. One thing we talked about actually was, especially after that Dean episode, was like, why don't we have a slush fund? Like we just create a bank account, each throw in a certain amount. And like, so for dinners and, you know, we're always out and about rather than one person 100%. picking it up. Why don't we just do that? And I know that's something we're going to do. It just get, that falls under the, the freaking wedding planning. We just haven't got to it. That's something that you're going to do for sure. Uh, okay. Anika, do you do your own taxes or do you pay someone else to do your taxes? Oh, Very I pay, interesting question. I pay someone. I try to do my own taxes year one, you know, pure disaster. It's just, it's so much to do, especially when you're not a CPA. Everything is outsourced. Uh, I have a bookkeeper who works diligently on keeping the books for all of my businesses. And then I have a, a tax accountant who helps me with strategy and filing. And man, it's it's a lot of work and it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. I'm I'm so glad that was your answer because if it if you're like yeah I do my own taxes too I'd be like come on Jason can you just can you just like save some for the rest of us here like by the way it's expensive it's worth it but it's expensive I spend you know Mm -hmm. a a very you know a a five figure amount on what my tax um, costs are for bookkeeping and filing and stuff like that really yeah you pay your bookkeeper five figures Uh, between my bookkeeper and the the filer if you combine those two it's over five figures yeah wow. But That's I can't wild. do I it myself. That. And if I brought, suppose I brought someone in house to do it, if I had like a suppose I had a CFO at this point, that would be that could be this, especially with inflation, the cost of stuff seventy five hundred grand, but plus benefits maybe. So outsourcing it at this point is what makes most sense. Yeah, it does. All right, uh, question from Tormats: Do you pay guests to come on the podcast? Great question. Who? What is it? Tormats. 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 I get name. asked this all the time and I can't believe people don't know this. I No, I've never ever paid anyone to come on a podcast. Um, I think like suppose someone wanted to have me on a podcast and the book's coming out. I might be like, hey, I would love to come as your guest. I'll share anything. Would you mind buying like at least one book and then like giving it away um, just to like generate a book sale? But like I've never had anyone ever ask for that amount. I have. That's a lie. That is a lie. <laughs> I have, and I will expose this person on another episode in which we cover the show because this is off topic. I've had one person try to say, you are charged a fee. There is a fee if you want him. And we were like, GFY. But by the way, dude, when I when someone comes on my show, every tick, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, I promote them. I tag them. Yep. They're in the bios. Their tags are in the bios for the week everything. So uh, th- there's obviously a value to that. Um, so no, and I don't people, know who that person is. People ask me real quick though, about the book, like book blurbs and stuff, like people that are endorsing the book, like that they'll endorse it or they'll give me like a, a, a line that I could write on the back of the book. Like, you know, a person said X, Y, and Z, like for example, Damon John has already officially endorsed my book. So thankful for you, Damon. I, that is not something that I, that you pay for either. However, what is interesting is like, I know, guests that go on like Jimmy Kimmel and shows like Ellen because of union and other things you are paid, but podcasts, I've never heard of people getting paid to come on. I definitely could see why a viewer would ask that and think that because when we got Kevin O'Leary, I thought you guys, I thought we were paying him. (laughs) We hadn't even launched an episode yet. We were just banking episodes. He was like the second person I think we ever recorded. I talk a lot about this. How is this happening? In the book, I talk a lot about how we were able to get the guests that we were and in general, how anyone can open the door with anyone if they approach it uh, and angle it the right way. And I think we've done that really, really effectively. I agree. Question. These names are throwing me for a loop. Kyer, 
K-Y-E-R, Kyer, is asking, how much did you end up spending on that jacket you bought on Rodeo Drive? <laughs> that was uh, Rodeo Drive. I got chirped so hard for that. Rodeo Drive, when I was going to Dance with the Stars, I didn't realize you need to wear a suit jacket. I only had so much time. I went to the Ralph Lauren. I thought Ralph Lauren would be like, you know, a little more expensive. Little spoiler. Polo is a little expensive. Ralph Lauren, not so much. And the cheapest jacket in that place was like 1500 and I liked it. I bought it. Full disclosure, my intention was to return it. And then I got some compliments on it. And my flight was too early the next day. I did not return it. So I still have that jacket. And that was an expensive Please mishap. Please tell me that you wore the jacket to Dancing with the Stars with the tags on. Yes. Yeah, one yes. of the tags. <laughs> He yeah. pays. He, he pays someone to do his taxes, out. and he wears and he wears jackets with tags on it to Dancing with the Stars. He is one of us people. Don't also, like how he is. also because it was I made sure it was one of the tags. Like in the back, you wouldn't see. And I was so terrified that like one of those tags would come out and like national television, like, oh my God, that would be so embarrassing. But here I am explaining I did that. But I still, it doesn't matter. I kept, I actually kept the jacket. Wore it actually this past weekend. It's the worst, like the tags, one thing, but like the sticker that has the sizes, like on your rib cage that you can't see. It's like L L L L L L all That's the way bad. down. You forget to take that yeah, off. I took That's, all those that other things come back off. I was like, oh, I could justify this. Like if all the outside things, I was like, oh, but you know, my fiance didn't like it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one before we get into some uh, year in review of the pod. Uh, good question from Zach. How much have you lost betting on the Bills this year? Oh. Oh gosh. Yeah, I have got us. murdered. I had them big time in Tennessee. I had them big time in the New England game. I had them big time to cover it. Oh my God, dude, that Tampa Bay game killed me because I had them at plus, plus three and a half. And if I obviously want them to tie and win and stuff, but even if they miss the field goals, 24, 27, I win 27, 27. All I need is a three point victory. Then Tom Brady throws a 58 yard touchdown for a six point cover. I have lost about, I would say, and I don't, I, I bet it probably a decent amount, but nothing that's like crazy amount. I've probably lost three, four grand on the bills this season. Yeah. That's conservative. That's no, I think, I think they've, that's, I think that's realistic. I think that's realistic. I've only had, uh, I've had three losing weeks in the NFL this year, but those losing weeks have been aggressive. It. And the other wins have come from not the bills, but just the bills. If you looked at my bills, P and L, I bet you it's down three, four grand. Nothing much more than that. All right. You, you see those things on social media that always come around, Jay, the uh, Spotify wrapped. Yes. It's like the highlights. Yeah, those, so, I shared a couple know, of those. Yeah. So I'm going to go over them with you and just kind of recap them. Cool. Uh, people at home, we got our own Spotify wrapped for having our podcast. So I know a lot of people get them for what they listen to, but this is actually some Spotify wrapped highlights um, of our podcast that I'm just going to kind of bullet point and then I'll kick it to Jay. Well, some of these I think are just fascinating and so interesting. Uh, our first episode launched May 24th. Uh, we were once number one on the business chart, which Jay kind of talked about the algorithm and what that means. And still, even though it's not the true number one business podcast, it was unbelievable to see. Uh, so cool. And the number four podcast on all podcast charts. So wow. number four at one time, number four podcast in the world. Quick, Jay, some that's quick cool, comments man. on that. That's really, I mean, that's really, really special. Let's Let's try and get back there one day. Yeah, I mean, we kicked it off with two great episodes with with Dean and Joe, and I think that kind of kickstarted it and and tons of support and feedback from you guys. But just seeing that, really, really cool. So interesting. During our first week, okay, listening 
yeah. of our podcast peaked in Australia on a Thursday. Australia. And then and then UK on a Thursday. Wait, what? And their first week was played in 52 countries. The episode was played in 52 countries. During our first week of our podcast, what? we were played in 52 countries. And guess this. What? Get this. What? We have been streamed in total of 60 different countries. Six zero. David, trading secrets. Touch 60 countries of the world. What? What is this list? I wonder what the wildest country we touched was. I mean, I don't know if I can name 60 countries. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Let's fucking go. Jay, one question. Sure. What's next for the pod? 2022. What can we tell the people about the pod 2022 before I make you What's squirm? next? We have some great guests coming on. Why don't you tell the people, David, your favorite guest that we just booked? Heidi D'Amelio. Heidi D'Amelio. I have been trying to get Heidi D'Amelio on the show forever. I think since the first time we talked about this pod, and for anyone who doesn't know who Heidi D'Amelio is, she's the momager for Charlie and Dixie, the two biggest TikTok stars in the world, hands down, non-negotiable. Um, <laughs> I'm... I need, I have a million questions. I think it's going to be the most fascinating conversation ever. Heidi David D'Amelio. is the biggest Can't TikTok wait. guy. And I know you have a busy schedule, David, but you cannot miss that podcast. I need you on that podcast. I'm clearing house <laughs> for it to be on that podcast. And we have A-Rod so that's coming a big up. One. We might have a new couple new segments coming in. Um, we'll certainly be negotiating. You know, hopefully we could strike the deal with Dear Media, but we'll be negotiating. Maybe there's a network move. Maybe there isn't. And would like to just continue to take the feedback that we're receiving because I said this from the first podcast. I'll say it today. This is not about us as much fun as this is. That's about you. If you guys are listening to us, we want to bring you everything we possibly can in week in and week out. So whatever adjustments we can make, we're going to make and we're going to continue to reinvest back in the pot. And my promise to you guys, if you have any questions that I think that you you have, I will make sure I continue to ask them. I am a fly on the wall in the room of these negotiations and things that are happening. I find it fascinating. It's all over my head. It's super cool. And I will make sure that you guys feel like you're in the room as well. So that's that's it for the pod. I'm really looking forward to that now that we actually have something. Um, 2022 should be electric. Beautiful. All right, you ready? Ready. You said that's Squirm it for time. the pod. I thought we were done, no? No. You thought you were getting out of the way the juicy questions? We got to make up for the Jason Tell All here. I, was I mean, this is it. the sequel of all sequels. This is like paradise after like The Bachelor. Yeah. Like you got to make it electric. All right, bring it on. I'm nervous. All right. I'm going to start with a question that everybody was probably wanting to hear from the Jason Tell All in February that we did, or March, I think, when we recorded that. But now it's the end of the year, and you got to give us some numbers. Okay? We gave you time. You know it's coming. What was Jason Tardick's total gross revenue from social media in 2021? Uh, 2021 was the best year I had for social media uh, and like brand collaborations and stuff. And it should, yeah, it will. It will cross, you know, it's, it'll be just over on um, social media brand deals, just over um, a million bucks this year. So a million let's dollars go! in gross. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. So yeah, some people will be nauseated to hear that. Some people will be um, envious to hear that. Some people might be like proud, like good for you. That's awesome. I think some people might be shocked. And I think that might be a word is like shocked. I think that's kind of one thing you struggle with a little bit, especially when 
you're with a Caitlin Bristow, right? Uh, just a little bit like th there's so much that she has going on that's exciting to hear about and talk about. And this whole influencing game is not like a cool thing to be talking about a happy hour. Like because one, people don't get it. And two, if they do get it, it's just like, I don't know. It doesn't, it's not really something that people are like, so what are you doing? Um, but yeah, it's, it, it takes so much work. Uh, so it does, much work. people. I could tell you for a fact, it takes so much worth. Obviously worth it, right? You Obviously just said, worth it, yep. you, yeah. And you just said today before we came on, right before we hit record, you're like, oh my God, today, this week has been a week like you were just down in the dumps. And I was like, well, hopefully talking about these numbers will make you feel a little better that it's all worth it. And you're like, you know what? It actually is. It's all worth it. <laughs> exactly. I love personally how you were like, did anyone else catch how stuttery he was? Before he like said the numbers, like, well, if you look at, uh, if we would go back, it's like, Jason, spit it out. Be happy, be out. proud. We'll break People a million this have year. their opinions, but it's awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. All right, man. so that's, that's from social media. So we're going over seven figs, social media. What about uh, Cameo? I know we had an episode from Cameo and talked about Cameo. What's your total gross revenue from Cameo? How many Cameo. Cameos you send to the people? I actually just pulled this up because... Uh, we we had the CEO of Cameo on and pull it up again. Okay. So I've done, it looks like I've done 600. This is not just this year, by the way. I think I've had Cameo okay. for two years, but it doesn't give me like a year to date type thing. Uh, I'm sure at tax time, I'll get a tax form. But right now it says I've done 609 Cameos. My current booking rate is $119. With Cameo, they'll take either 25% of it or 50% of it based on where you book it. If you book it from the app, it's 50%. If they book it online through the website, it's 25%. And my, it, then it shows me my earnings. So not gross. Like what I've actually like, I guess, made in my pocket from Cameo. And I'm sure there's bachelor people that have done a lot more than this. And I'm sure there's some that have done less than this, but it's been, this is to the penny because I have a rate in front of me. It's $39,061.63. I've seen Jay's cameos. They're actually pretty elite. Um, so they're <laughs> I hilarious. That. They're hilarious. So uh, 30, just over 39,000 on Cameo. Total gross revenue from any uh, speaking and engagement events that you've done? I would say if you're looking at like, if I put like on the P&L events and speaking stuff for this year, it's probably in the like uh, $125,000 to $150,000 range. Someone already asked this, but I just want you to put a number on it. Total gross revenue from podcast? Total gross revenue from podcast is right around 150,000. But with that comes with 70% of it, the $1,000 administration fee that goes out every month. And also the turn cycle, the AR turn cycle is extremely low. So a lot of that money hasn't ever actually been received yet. Like it's 90 day turnaround time from once executed, sometimes 60 day, but it's very slow. It is. We basically have been doing this for free, which has been fun. So we enjoy it. But our goal, my goal Actually, is to take David, all my trading secrets money and reinvest it. This is a really good point. We've done 150,000 in gross revenue. We know that we've had about 10, 10-ish K of admin fees, so 140. And we know that we're supposed to get 70 of that. Because of the fact that a lot of those ads have been as of late and because it takes time to get the ads and for them to pitch it, we have only cash inflow from the podcast. Yes, you know the gross revenue number, but only about $5,000 has actually come in flow. Now that should change drastically in February, March of next year, which is nice because it's a different, different tax year. But yeah, right now, like what's cash that's hit is like 5,000 bucks. 
and it is kind of like we've heard people talk about all the time. Like if you find something that you're passionate about, do it, do it for free. Like that's, we've been doing it for free for eight months, eight months. And holy shit, it's a lot of work. Now it's so paid off, again, it's paid off in experience. It's paid off in networking. It's paid off in storytelling. It's paid off in content creation. Uh, it's paid off in brand building, but man, it's been so much work and week in and week out. It is a ton of work. Uh, but I think it's still been worth it. And this has not been a money play. This has been, uh, everything else I just mentioned play. 150 gross revenue, uh, from the podcast this year. Can you give me a goal number for next year? The goal, like when I talk to dear media is that this should be a mid six figure show, right? So if you say mid six figures, if we continue to do what we're doing and we continue to put the good content out that we should be, could be putting out, it should be anywhere from, let's say like 300 to 700 K gross in an annual basis. So you heard that here, the last episode of 2021 and the last episode of 2022 we will give you that number. And, you know, I hope we're, hope we're somewhat right. I mean, every listener here that has been truly listening knows how much I make in my like dream job life, which is like basically minimum wage. If I can supplement that income through this, po- some of that income through this podcast to get even like not close to that, but like, sure. God, it just, it would be such a rewarding feeling. So please keep listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. But uh, it's, it's, it's so fun to be a part of. So, all right. Here's an interesting question that I um that I was curious. You've talked a lot about being a what's it called W nine employee. Yep. Well, turn W nine employee. So well, we're a W nine is something that have, a W nine is something you submit if you're doing contract work, right? So let's suppose, uh, and I've never done a deal with them, so it's a good example. Let's say Nike wanted to do a deal with me, uh, and then we did the deal, and they paid me. F- $40,000 to do it. I would give them my W9, which has my business information and TIN number. And then they would uh, send me a 1099 at the end of the year to say I was a contracted by them and the amount. And that's the way the government will know that, okay, Jason was paid 40K from Nike and he needs to make sure he pays taxes on it. So most of us who receive a two-week paycheck from our companies, we have our tax taken right of our right of our paycheck, which sucks at the time. But then at the end of the year, you don't have this like lump sum of taxes that we have to spent what is your tax number that you're gonna have to Ugh. that you're gonna have to pay in taxes this year in a lump sum the ta- which is just got to be a nauseating taxes number. is tough because you're paid everything in gross dollar amounts and you know this is where I work. it's tough to actually give you an exact number but I will give you a, a good number here because there's a lot of in our business there's a lot of write-offs right there's a lot of write-offs that correlate to you know what you're doing to drive revenue and so that's where I work with my tax strategist and my tax accountant and they help go through, yes, this, this is a write-off. This isn't a write-off. This is, this isn't. We go through it all. So I will tell you that's still to be determined for 2021, but I'll tell you, like, I can guarantee you my last quarterly amount that I'll pay for this year will be a six-figure check because you pay quarterly, <laughs> right? So you pay quarterly and then you'll do, we'll, we'll go through the taxes to see where, you know, did we overpay? Did we underpay and come square with it? But yeah, that's always a day that's really tough, especially when you manage your accounts a lot, right? And you see, you know, you see your number uh, and you, you see that bank account, and then boom, whacked. Now that's the cost of doing business. That's what gives us you know, the luxury of living in the, the best country in the world. But yeah, that, that, uh, that's always a tough day. That's uh, when you say it like that, I'm just getting anxiety for all these reality TV stars that don't have the business acumen that like don't realize how important it is. Like the Mike Sorrentino situation oh. uh, from Jersey Shore. Like I can see how people just like, I'm not paying that. 
ridiculous. Yeah, and well, and the tough um, thing is, is if you get used to this lifestyle. So yes, I told you that you know I'll make over, you know, it should be over a million bucks from social stuff, right? The problem is in 2022 we might have this conversation, and it's you know, let's say it's four hundred thousand, right? Tough year, things aren't you know who knows? Like you never know. Um, Instagram has the shutdown. Instagram has the shutdown. Uh, I, you know, I start losing engagement with brand. I, I do something fucking stupid. I get a DUI. You know, you know, anything could happen. Um, you mm-hmm. hope those things don't happen, right? I don't drive and drinking, but I'm trying knock to give on wood. examples. Yeah, not not on wood. Right. For, My for point me, is though, I. I don't spend like I make that money because tomorrow that might money not might be here. You do see a lot of people in the space and I, you know, I'm like, damn, like, you know, they got this and they got this and they got this and they got this. Um, so yeah, that's it. I also get a lot of, you know, I've got a lot of comments by the way, David, in my, uh, Instagram. They're like, Oh, you talk about saving money, but you're at a private, you're, you're in a private jet. I, I'm not in a private jet. I've never once paid a penny to be in a private jet. It's because that, you know, in the situations I have, there's someone that maybe owns a private jet or there's a business paying for it, but I've never paid for a private jet. Uh, I, I would love one day to be able to afford that and feel comfortable spending that. Or I'll see people like, oh my God, look at that suite. You just, you got this monster suite. I'm doing an Instagram collaboration. I'm not spending $2,000 on a suite at a night, right? Those hotels know that if you put something, I'm doing brand work for them. And in return, they'll give me a free night stay or something. So I do want to put that out there that usually if there's like this extravagant thing I'm doing, uh, it, there's usually some type of trade involved, but not all the time, right? Like for, 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 there's a lot of things that do come out of pocket, um, right? Like a Kaylin's ring, right? That costs a lot of cash, <laughs> uh, you know? So there's things that you do pay for, but I do want to say, I do get those messages like, oh, David, this is it for your bachelor party. People are like, you're in this unbelievable suite and you took a limo and last episode, you're telling us to say, watch what we're spending. Almost Everything we did for David's bachelor party was covered from a collaboration we did. That if I did that collaboration, there would have been a dollar value, but we took it in trade because of that. So anyway, I want to put that out there. And it was awesome. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So thank you for that. Um, But yeah, there's no trading secret out there to know that Jason Tardik will never spend a dollar on a private jet or something that doesn't make economical sense. So we definitely were throwing, we definitely flew economy to the bachelor party, Uh, but it was worth it. So yes, very good, very important to point out. Curious, since we're talking about social and and income, how many total impressions did you make on your Instagram this year? That's a good question. Actually, one thing is like, a lot of times I will fly first class, not ready, not because I'm buying first class, but because my, all my credit cards and anything I do will always align with one airline. And so suppose I'm doing a speaking event or I'm doing something like that. It's always Delta and the company will usually book it. And so therefore I'll get the points and then it creates enough equity value that when I'm actually booking my own flights, I could book Maine or Delta Comfort. But because I have the diamond status from all the traveling and stuff, I'll get the auto upgrade. So that's just one fun fact. But total impressions, you said. 
As you look that up, okay. if you're listening to this and you work for Delta and Jay hasn't done a brand deal with Delta, you need to get on it because he's like the number one Delta person I've ever... He will take a two-stop Delta flight instead of direct flight if it's not Delta. Like the guy <laughs> sweats, eats, breathes Delta. Delta, let's get my man some... Let's get my man some deals here. Let's Look get at him this. some flights. You're taking care of me, brother. I appreciate that. You are the man. Okay, so let's look at this. Okay, so if you look at this in the last 90 days, this is the furthest I can go for these stats, okay? So in the last 90 days, it looks like around 77 million impressions were made. You know what? That kind of sucks. 77 million is amazing. Like, I'm happy with that. And the one thing I'm just like, why don't like people will look and they don't follow? Like, can you guys give me a follow? 2.9 million. Okay. Of uh, there are two, there is a minimum of 2.9 million non followers that, um, that was engaged with my stuff. So if you're looking at my stuff, will you please give me a follow? I'm begging you. Um, <laughs> but it looks like so around 77 million that's in 90 days. So if you do the math times four, 77 times four, it looks like around over 300 million impressions in a year. And I actually know that number's down. So I'm looking at the, that number. Wow. That number's down uh, 20 per, 20% from the previous 90 days. So if you were, you know, it's probably upwards around 400 million for the year, which is pretty cool, but it's what's, also what's like, going to happen first. Trading secrets hits 10 million downloads or, J, or Jason Tardik hits a million uh, Instagram followers. Um, Oh, the Instagram following is so hard, man. It is so, so hard. hard, especially being a male in this world. Um, you know, the, it's just because it, it, it's a female uh, dominated demographic that follows us. And it's just really, really tough to continue to increase following. If you can stay uh, at your pinnacle and just maintain that, that's a big deal. What's nice is I've been yeah. able to, every year I've grown, which is exciting, but to get to a million is going to, I don't know, man, it's going to take a lot. We'll see what happens. Well, some of these 2.9 million people who are engaged in your posts would just want to hit a, hit yeah. a button. If you guys I mean, just hit that anyways, follow button, we're trying to bring really, it to you. I'll do a lot more like giveaways and give more shit away. <laughs> uh, but that's like right. TikTok um, growth has been, that's why a lot of people are using TikTok is because the growth is great. So I've been able to grow that from pretty much nothing when I started this year to about 134,000. And even Twitter, like Twitter is a dated thing, but I tweet every other day or so and I'm growing every week on that. But Instagram grows growth. The AI is really tough. It's probably, yeah. let's also be real, like take ownership, Jason. You've done about a million dollars in ad deals this year. People don't want to watch ads. You can make them creative. You can make them organic and you use those products. They don't want to watch them. I'm sure if I did less ads, uh, which is something I'm going to really focus on in 2022, I could get more growth. Smart. Smart. He's he's always thinking, folks. Uh, what was the, your biggest deal in 21, 2021? Uh, biggest deal. There was a deal. There was a deal we signed. It was a 12 month deal that was for 360 K. Okay. Um, but what was the nature of the deal? So the nature of the deal was at least a, a post, a story and a tweet monthly. Okay. Um, and the deal at any point could have, uh, been negated after a three month period. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that was, uh, that was, That's a monster. there were good things about that deal and there were, 
you know, bad things about that deal. I think when 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 you're getting paid in in certain dollars and and you know um you know that's you know that's pretty good. Like a post in a story to do for about thirty k is is great. I love that. We just got a deal here actually that we just closed it recently, and that was it was a package deal, and that was the going rate is about yeah about thirty for post and story. Actually, a little more, um, which is awesome. And but with that comes extreme as you would expect high expectations, right? The content, yeah. the delivery, uh, the preparation, uh, the pre-production write-up, uh, the video, the professional videographer, the editing, uh, the delivery date, the reshoot, if the edit's not done properly. Uh, if it is, let's say it's in finance, which a lot of my stuff is, very regulated. So if you say one word wrong, it has to be completely recorded. So while yes, that sounds like a lot, like, oh, one post wants you 30K, the amount of hours that are actually going into that before the post are, are really significant. And there's cost to it too, like the agent commission, the, like again, the videographer, uh, if you have to get an actual, um, let's say you have a, you're have you getting a stylist, let's say there is makeup for it, which I don't, you know, I don't usually do that. Um, I usually don't do those fees, but I have before. Let's say there is a actual set, you have to like pay for a set or a space. So anyway, the profit margins are big, but there's a lot that goes into it. That's yeah. I mean, 360 K that's, that's a 360 from, uh, you know, being able to make that money to, I remember when you were deciding, even if you were going to go into this space as a corporate, being a corporate banker, like that's, that's, it's amazing. It's I also mean, let's amazing. Call it spade, spade. It's amazing. The industry is crazy because like when I got off the show and like engagement was super high, you know, there were people out there and this is why this industry is just <laughs> something else. Um, and we've talked about that on the Joe Galliazze episode and we'll talk about it more, but I was getting paid five grand to do a weighted blanket post, <laughs> right? So you think about how that has evolved. 5k to do a weighted blanket. And I was like, Oh my God, I'll do it. So you think about how many sharks out there are taking advantage of people that just don't know or how many brands out there and, 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 and saying no, that you say yes, is so important. And in 2021, even though it was my best year of social media, I said no more ever than I said, yes. Wow. That's interesting. That's interesting. What was the, what was the worst deal of 2021? I don't necessarily maybe mean like dollar amount, like the smallest deal, but did you have like any deal that left a bad taste in your mouth? I, I'm sure I can think of a bunch of them, but I have one that's top of mind right now. <laughs> uh, there's one that was just ridiculous. I was, and I don't, you know, sometimes I do communicate directly with the actual brand and most times I don't. And this time I didn't. And I was a little, I was 13 minutes late with one of the deliverables. So it was a package deal. The total package was 50K. I was a certain minutes late on the deliverables. All the deliverables I did, I did the best to my knowledge. There's always more details, but I don't want to get too much into this because of contractual stuff. 13 minutes late and they wanted to pay me 35K. So they wanted to charge me a $15,000 fee for being 13 minutes late with a specific deliverable. And I, it was... $1,000 late a minute. That's Dude, steep. think of that. That's, that's what I said. I literally said the exact words. I'm like, you're charging me... Just to the, the agent of the deal. You're charging me $1,000 a minute for being late. I refuse... I, no way. I took a $5,000 haircut and it was the, it left it at that. But I was so offended yeah. that I, I did everything that was asked. A little late on one deliverable, this big package. Here's a bigger pack. I did a lot of deliverables and they wanted to cut it by 15,000. That was offensive. Well, I mean, I don't know what it was for necessarily, but 
at least you're not uh, out there slinging bumble lads uh like you had were doing about two years ago so i don't know what it was but at least you're not slinging uh, dating app ads well hey um, like I, you were when you first got off the show. i have something to say about that actually so the thing is is i love those bumble ads one uh because i'm not you know I'm in a dating relationship now. I wasn't then, but people are single. And that is a good tool that I think like actually works. So ironically enough, I have someone that works for me that also works. um, So she works part-time with me and she works part-time with this group called Locks Club. And so Locks Club, it's and I, you know I'm half Jewish, right? So they are primarily like the the exclusive dating app for the Jewish community. And the whole thing with them is like extremely high standards, extremely high standards. And so like I've talked to Julie about collaborating with them and working with them, and like for me to think like why would I not? work with them just because I'm in a relationship. I'm not going on the site and going on dates, right? But there are people out there like when I'm celebrating and I'm lucky to be in a relationship with someone I love and so are you. I'm like Valentine's Day, like I'm putting it out there. Why can't you, how many people listen to this that are single? So, you know, That's I, true. I love I love that there are the community apps out there. I love that there is one like Locks Club. Julie speaks volumes to like that specific app. Apparently there's this like insane line to even get on. So she's even, she's even said to me like, yeah, if you know anyone that's single that wants to get on it, I got the link to cut the line. There's this huge line out there. Wow. Anyway, I'm getting off topic here, but my point is, is there's nothing wrong with doing uh, dating apps like that because there's a big community out there. And if it's something you support, you should support it. Locks Club is one of them. Great community. And uh, you know, if someone's out there and you're single and you want to be involved in that community, Shoot me an email, restart at jasontarek.com. I'll let Julie know. She'll get you all linked up. But I don't know. There you what go. are your thoughts? Like that? Do you agree with that? Stance? Well, here's a like, question. What? Here's a question. I'm not, I would never hate on a, a dating app. I was a dating app guy in my single days too. But how mad would the Karens be in your comments if you posted like an ad for Bumble now that you're like with Caitlin, obviously? I think it would be the context of it, right? Like, like Lax Club, like exactly what I'm saying. I know that people that are on it. I know people that work for it. A really exclusive Jewish community dating app. And I know you don't even have to be Jewish. So yeah. as I'm saying these things right right now, I'm not saying I'm on locks. I'm going to go date because I would never do it. And I'm not <laughs> on locks. And I'm you're not going to find me there. I'm happily engaged. But why why couldn't you position it? So if the Karens are getting mad that you're positioning it, say like someone works for me there and it's a cool app and you can meet people. I don't know, like screw the Karens then. So I think it, it's all about how you're positioning what you're doing and what you're using it for, right? Like I, I just had, and that's one example with Locks Club. And if anyone out there is single and you want to cut that line, let me know. Apparently Julie will take <laughs> care of you. But there's also like, I just did a, a deal with Furbo and it was as real as I could get because this happens every time and it happened today. I do the ad. I did it in 2019 for the holiday, 2020, now 2021. All my buddies text me. Do you actually use it? Do you actually use it? Do you actually, we use it every day. So I, I literally in the end, I prove to the people that I get these texts and that I do use it because when I do use it and that little noise goes off where the treats go off, I just played the noise and the dogs went nuts. Like that was an example, but I, I, I just yeah, answered your question in a long winded way. So I'm going to pause. We're big Furbo family here too. Bentley loves the treats. There you go. Fire him at his face when we're gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was it quickly most memorable deal any deal that you did where it's like I can't believe I'm getting paid for this and I get to maybe like experience something 
Yeah. Oh man, this, this one's easy. So I did a deal with BMW for the Ryder Cup. And with, uh, so I got to play in a pro-am with Sergio Garcia and Macklemore. And then I got to go to the Ryder Cup and I promoted it on my page and, uh, was, and, and it was, was paid for it, was paid to do that. And it was the coolest experience of my life that I got paid to do something that is like a pure dream of mine. And I think there's a, a good point there. And it's that like in those scenarios, I'll get a lot of friends or family be like, ah, you're always on vacation. Ah, oh, you're living the dream. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like I am super like outrageously lucky. Fell half-assed into this from a show on a platform. Like it's ridiculous. It's stupid. But also you're out there and you are working. Like as crazy as that sounds, like it is, it is work too. So anyway, I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm not looking for it to be a victim. That was no. the coolest experience of my life. But I think that is some of the behind the scenes that people don't realize. Like there's like a working component behind it too. Oh yeah, I know there is. I'm, I've been on some of those cool things that you've been able to do. And like, I'm there just soaking it in. This is the best ever. I can't believe we're doing this. And you're just so always so worried about the deliverables that you have to. So it's, you know, phone out here, story here, take this here, take a photo here. How does this sound? What is this saying? You know, calling Evan being like, what do you know, is this good? What do we have to do? I want to make sure it's good. Like, I want to make sure they're happy. Like there's a huge part of it. And I'm just there like stuffing my face. Like can't believe it. That's so. <laughs> so true. It is so true. Uh, best, best trade best, most profitable trade that you made in the stock market, 2021? Okay. One of the most profitable, just went over some of the reviews of trades and stuff. One of the best trades I made was Beyond. B-Y-N-D, Beyond oh. Meat. Here's why. Uh, it was a trade where I was able to position myself to... Um, I sold at the right time, essentially, right? I limited my losses. So the the the, the 52-week high on that company is like 200 $232. The 52-week low, which is right around the range it is now, is in the $60 per share. Oh, and wow. I was able to enter in around the $100 uh, per share range and sold at like the $180, $190 per share range. And it's now at like $60. So that, one's, um, that one is one I'm proud of. One I'm not so proud of um, that I'm, I know I'm, I'm speaking right off the top of my head. And the reason I'm doing that is because it's almost year end and I might just take the loss is there's a company called, uh, their ticker is T-K-A-T and it's a, a, a NFT art based company. And I entered, <laughs> I entered the stock when it was trading at $36.70. And I was looking at it earlier today and it was trading at $3.94. Oh. So with the wins, that's like, there are losses. That's like Kodak. Yeah. It's like Kodak. And that one I'll probably exit here to take, to, I'll take the loss and use the write-off to my advantage. Yeah. Take the L. Yeah. Uh, any stocks or crypto to watch in 2022? And I know this isn't, uh, you're not a financial advisor, but I will be uh, investing in whatever you say. Okay. So, I like that. Uh, let's go. go. I'm just going to fire a few out there. So Roku, that's a good one. I think you can get in now. Uh, Twitter's a good one to get in now. Obviously Facebook, Amazon, I absolutely love. ISRG is great. HCA is just unbelievable. These are more blue chip stocks, but stocks I love. NRZ is an awesome stock that pays a great dividend. Again, I'm, I'm not bringing out my whole list right now. I'm just coming off the top of my head. Uh, 
I'm basic when it comes to crypto, man. I'm just basic, basic. I love Solano. I love Bitcoin. I love Ethereum. Those are the three I'm in. And I've uh, I've considered, I've just been pitched to actually get into this Bitcoin hedge fund where uh, this group will actually day trade it because of the volatility. And so I haven't agreed to it yet, but I'm likely going to in 2022. Love that. All right. Can I flip the script? Can we end with uh, something that hit that's close to home? For sure. All right, couple bachelor, couple bachelor talks. This is kind of rapid fire, rapid fire bachelor talks with Jason Tardick in the year recap 2021. Jason, from your experience, how much should a lead make after being on the bachelor? Yeah, that's a great question. So what a lead should make these days with all the opportunity when it comes to social media, um, depending on what you come out with a following, uh, but just the engagement, you know, there's no reason. I don't think that a lead should be, and I've said this before, at least a million dollars after you get off the show. Uh, and the leads that have the leads that have branded themselves effectively. Um, I mean, it's a golden parachute, man. You can do a lot with it or you can do a little with it. And it's a, it's an opportunity to do huge, huge things. I think like Clayton will come off his season and he'll probably be making millions millions right off the show. Here's a a different kind of question related to that. As a contestant, what would your professional advice be to kind of uh, give up the dream if you come off the show with X amount of followers or engagement? And what amount or or engagement would you say you might be able to make a real career out of this? Um, I would say, oh, any lead that comes off the show at this point with following and the engagement is... I mean contestant, not lead. Oh, contestant. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. All right. You're a contestant and you come off with at least 200,000 followers and you could be really good at social media, really good. Um, you can make a good amount of money. If you're a contestant, you come off with over 500,000 uh, followers and you have good engagement uh, and you're really good at social and you're getting better and trying to improve your skill set and understand the industry, you can make some really good money. If you're a contestant and you pull a Tyler Cameron and you come off with over, uh, oh, you know, he came off with over a million, but then he had all the different spikes with uh, Gigi and all these things that put him over the the 2 million mark and you're really good with social like he is and you're as good looking as he is and he's gotten pretty niche with things you're going to crush it it's a life 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 changing uh, moment for you what's the danger zone of like don't do this get out danger like zone you come is off you the show get, you got like got to understand the industry you got to understand how these deals come to fruition you have to understand that the quality of content is big you have to brand yourself and you have to try as hard as you can to be authentic no one is going to love the person who's just perfect or only puts like the most cleaned images out there or you know you go to their instagram and it's like you know it, it, that's going to get old if you don't have some kind of niche or value add it's going to be tough to sustain who's going to be the most popular uh contestant off of michelle season uh, in the social media world i think based on where we're at now you're seeing i think whoever ends up with her Right. So we know we're down to the final three. I think whoever ends up with her uh, will be the most successful. Good final three, too. I like them all. Yeah. Uh, Who do you think wins the award for best lead in 2021? Katie Thurston, uh, Michelle, or Matt James? 
Ooh, great question. I think most improved player, definitely Matt James. I think like him yes. from when he got off the show, like not very relatable, like hanging out the TikTok houses. Uh, and I like Matt, uh, just wasn't resonating. Him and Rachel are awesome together, showcasing the relationship. Um, you're getting to see like, a, a, it just seems like a more like engaging, relatable, understanding side of Matt. So I think he has done a really good job. Who in Bachelor Nation do you think has done the best with branding? branding themselves, being able to make a career of what they're doing, maybe separate their brand from Bachelor Nation. Overall, personal brand, this might be a lot to ask. Give me your top 10 list. I'm going to just, fire, I'm going to just, I don't know if it's going to be 10 or not. I'm just going to fire off. It's Fine. funny because this is top of mind because of the Nick Vial episode when he said, Rachel, Caitlin, uh, from, bat, uh, from branding off the Bachelorette and Hannah Ann, I'm just going to fire away. Caitlin Bristow's done a great job. Okay, uh, staying in the Canadian theme. Jillian Harris has absolutely crushed it. Looking back at Nashville, Travis Stark. He's he's very involved with like doctor. Uh, he's on the doctor day shows and he's made uh, a ton just focusing on the whole aspect of being a doctor. He was a bachelor before. We just talked about Tyler Cameron. His brand is unbelievable right now. Nick Vile was on the show. Great brand. He said, Rachel, I agree with it. Hannah Brown has made an unbelievable comeback. New York Times bestseller now. We know she one day it's with the stars. Her audience that is committed to her is very engaged. Another one is Melissa Rycroft. She's you know from Jason Mesnick's season. She has done really well with branding herself. Okay, I'm going back. So if I'm going back, think about Jesse Palmer, now the host, ESPN, in the Disney family, in the ABC talent pool. We already talked about Tasha. She's doing a great job. Ali Fedotowski, unbelievable like mom blogging branding. Uh, Lauren Bushnell has created her own little lane. Like there's a there's a long list of people. All right, David, talk to me here. What else do we got? Anything in the 2021 recap? You know, we have a book that is obviously a book that's coming out here very shortly. Mm -hmm. The cover will be released. Uh, so I'm excited about that. We have the all access group. We didn't even talk about that business wise. Um, have a couple small startups that are doing well consulting. Uh, it's been a wild, wild year. Uh, one that we definitely covered a lot of, but do you have any, anything else for me that you wanted to drill me with while you're, while we're on the topic here? No, I, I I'm just, you know, Sitting here, so appreciative, and and the whole purpose of this podcast is to reflect on, you know, some things that we're doing directly with this podcast, some things about your life, and you've been generous and genuine enough to use this platform to help others realistically and and put yourself in an uncomfortable position. But the whole purpose of this podcast is to start having those uncomfortable conversations about money. So I applaud you for that. Uh, I just can't wait to see what 2022 has in store for you, for me, uh, in our personal life, in our careers, for this podcast. My hope is like, I would love some Trading Secrets merch. Like that's just always a dream okay, of mine. I would I just like rock that. Trading Secrets merch all over the place. And uh, I would love to do a Trading Secrets live show. I don't know if we're there yet, but it's something that we can, you know, manifestations, a big KB thing. She does the live tours, but if we can manifest a, a live tour, maybe if it's just like, you know, one that we do in, a, in an area that we know we could, oh, maybe get a handful of people to come watch us talk about whatever we talk about. But I'm just excited for the direction this is going. And again, the opportunity that you've given me to be a part of it. This has been so much fun, David. I mean, to do it, you got to believe it. You got to dream it. 
You got to dream big. Those are great dreams to put out there. Maybe a live tour. Maybe one day we open up for a KB show. I don't know. Maybe the book tour. We do some type of podcast speaking stuff. We can drop the merch. Uh, the book is coming out in 2022. Hopefully, Caitlin and I get our wedding scheduled. Be married by the end of 2022 next year. So it's going to be a yes. wild, wild year. There's there's so much to look forward to. Uh, personally, uh, I think within this podcast, when we talk about professionally, the guests, how we can adapt to become better. And then hopefully financially, it was a great 2021. Let's keep it rolling. Get ready to write uh, a nice little book check to the IRS. That'll be fun. But we'll continue to give us our ups and downs in our, our real honest self, what's happening in our lives and break this taboo of not talking about money and where we think we should be and where we are and the good and the bad, the losses and the trades, the wins and the trades, the good deals, the bad deals and everything in between. And we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Next week, we have an unbelievable guest. She's a comedian. She's hilarious. She was on Bravo Summerhouse, Hannah Burner. So get ready for that. Any feedback you have, A to Z, you let us know. We will implement it. We've said it time and time and time and time again. But thank you. Thank you so much. Without you guys, none of what we just talked about happens. And anything we could do for you, please let us know. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Trading Secrets. Get ready for next week, Hannah Burner, an episode you can't afford to miss. Bringing that money, money, ain't on me.